Hi everyone and welcome to A Story of Light, uh, a, a live stream musical journey in 19 days. Today is day five and if this is your first time watching, thanks for tuning in, you're very welcome. My name is Luke Slot, I'm a musician in Dublin and I mainly focus on setting to music the Baha'i sacred writings. And uh, for, for the first 19 days of March, I'm doing this series of daily live streams in preparation for the release of my new album, Home of Light, which is coming out later this year, and which is a collection of songs based on the writings of Abdu'l-Bahá. And if you're not familiar with Abdu'l-Bahá, um, he was the son of Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith, and he's really cherished as a, a role model to Baha'is and friends around the world. And 2021 marks the centenary of his passing hence the, the new album in his honour. So uh, feel free to check out the, the previous episodes. They're linked in the description below and they will be posted uh, on YouTube for, for you to, to watch in your own time if you like. And uh, each, if this is your first time watching, um, each live stream consists of um, some storytelling and a, a, a live song here at AP Studios where we're recording the new album. And it's been really, it's been really lovely to just take a break from, from work on the album uh, to just go live for 15 to 20 minutes a day during this very special time of year. So so uh, today is day five of the annual Baha'i Fast and uh, and this is episode five of A Story of Light. So so yesterday we, we looked at what is one of the most, if not the most, significant event in the whole story, this mysterious, mystical event when this young nobleman, this follower of the Bab, named Baha'u'llah, uh, as he lay in chains in an underground dungeon, experienced this, this overpowering mystical vision in which he saw uh, this, this maid of heaven calling out to him, telling him that the, the time was soon coming for him to reveal to the world that, that he was the very one that the Bab had promised. He, he was him whom God will make manifest. And so, in, in reading about, about Baha'u'llah's time uh, in the Black Pit, this underground dungeon in Tehran, I, I couldn't help but imagine what kinds of things must have gone through his mind as he lay in that, in that dark, filthy dungeon for, for four long months. Surely, memories must have must have come to his mind memories of his childhood, growing up in the lush Persian, beautiful, the beautiful Persian countryside, um, memories of his parents and all of the privileges and comforts that, that went along with the high status of his family. Um, he, he was financially secure. Uh, there was a prestigious uh, career in the government, there for the taking, if he wanted it. But most importantly of all, he had a loving family of his own. He had young children that he doted on. He had a wife that he adored. Uh, and he had had the freedom to, to live a rich life, raising his children and um, uh, enjoying his love for the countryside and um, developing his, his talents for calligraphy and uh, horse riding. And surely these memories must have come to mind as he lay in the darkness of the black pit. And so today I actually wanted to share with you some recollections about the early days of Baha'u'llah's marriage to his wife, whose name was Nawab, and who, who he referred to as 
the uh, as his perpetual consort in all the worlds of God. So I think it doesn't get more romantic than that. And these recollections come from uh, Baha'u'llah and Nawab's daughter, Bahia Khanum. And Bahia Khanum left this description of the life that her parents had lived in the early years of their marriage and how bewildering it was to, to the people around them that this young couple, both of whom came from the elite noble classes of Persia uh, and, and, and were both expected to um, follow the social expectations of their families and uh, live a life of great wealth and public prestige, both of them had dismissed that prospect and, and had turned their backs on fame and fortune and had, had formed a marriage partnership dedicated to helping the poor and caring for the sick in their city. And, uh, and so this comes from their daughter, Bahia Khanum's memories of her parents. So, Antimo, if you can put on the, the first slide, please. She writes, In the early years of their married life, they, my father and mother, took part as little as possible in state functions, social ceremonies, and the luxurious habits of ordinary, highly placed and wealthy families in the land of Persia. She and her noble-hearted husband counted these worldly pleasures meaningless and preferred rather to occupy themselves in caring for the poor and for all who were unhappy or in trouble. From our doors, nobody was ever turned away. The hospitable board was spread for all comers. Constantly, the poor women came to my mother to whom they poured out their various stories of woe to be comforted and consoled by her loving helpfulness. Whilst the people called my father the father of the poor, they spoke of my mother as the mother of consolation. I always think of her in those earliest days of my memory as queenly in her dignity and loveliness, full of consideration for everybody, gentle, of a marvellous unselfishness, no action of hers ever failed to show the loving kindness of her pure heart. Her very presence seemed to make an atmosphere of love and happiness wherever she came. Well, that atmosphere of love and happiness that had been such a, a refuge for the poor had been torn apart. Baha'u'llah had been ripped away from Nawab and the children and Really, they had no way of knowing if they were ever going to see him again. And there's there's one episode, one very poignant episode that I wanted to share with you from Baha'u'llah's time in the Black Pit. Uh, one, once a day, the guards would take Baha'u'llah out of the dungeon and um, up into the yard above it to, to walk around for a few minutes in the daylight. And one day, as Baha'u'llah was starting to ascend the stairs... He saw the silhouette of a little child being escorted by a guard down into the dungeon. And the moment that Baha'u'llah saw the shape of this little child, he shouted up to the guard, Do not bring him in here! And he ordered the guard to take the child out. And that child was a little boy who had been born eight years earlier on the night of May 22nd, 1844, the very same night when the Bab had declared his mission to Mullah Hussein. And his name was Abbas, 
but he would later become known as Abdul Baha, and he was Baha'u'llah and Nawab's eldest son. And that day, he had begged his mother to let him go to the dungeon and visit his father. And so the guards told Abdul Baha that he could wait uh, in the yard until his father came out for his daily walk. And I wanted to share with you just a description of what happened when Abdul Baha saw his father. This comes from the Revelation of Baha'u'llah, uh, Volume 1, by Adib Taharzadeh. So, Antimo, can you put the, this slide up on the screen, please? When Abdul Baha saw his father, he was in chains. He walked with great difficulty. His beard and hair were unkempt, his neck bruised and swollen from the pressure of a heavy steel collar, and his back was bent with the weight of the chain. On witnessing this sight, Abdul Baha fainted and was carried home unconscious. So the imprisonment of Baha'u'llah was actually something that the Persian authorities were, were kind of trying to keep under wraps because Baha'u'llah himself was actually quite well known in Persian society. He was the son of this very well-respected royal minister in the court of the king. And so um, not only being the son of this, of this uh, highly esteemed minister, uh, Baha'u'llah had also, he was also known as being a young nobleman of outstanding integrity in, in his own right. And as the news of his imprisonment began to spread, it actually reached the brink of becoming an international political catastrophe. A Russian minister who knew Baha'u'llah's family and heard of his imprisonment demanded that he be released immediately, even threatening a Russian attack on Persia if they did not let him go. And so, Antimo, if you can put up the, the next slide there. This Russian minister said to the, to the authorities in Tehran, I have determined to extend the protection of Russia to this innocent nobleman. Therefore beware, for if one hair of his head be hurt from this moment, rivers of blood shall flow in your town as punishment. You will do well to heed my warning. My country is behind me in this matter. And so under this international diplomatic pressure, the Persian authorities begrudgingly released Baha'u'llah from the black pit on the condition that he and his family would leave Persia and never return. And the chosen destination for their exile was the city of Baghdad in Iraq, where they would be left to rebuild their lives. And so Baha'u'llah and Nawab, along with their eight-year-old son, Abdu'l-Baha, their seven-year-old daughter, Bahia Khanum, and a group of fellow exiles and family members, packed up their few remaining possessions and left Persia, never to return. So for today's song, I'm, I'd like to sing for you some words that Baha'u'llah wrote about uh, keeping faith in times of difficulty and always trusting that there are better days ahead. So if you're fasting today, I wish you a good fast and I hope you'll join us tomorrow for uh, day six of A Story of Light. This is called Sorrow Not.
sorrow not if in these days and on this earthly plane things contrary to your wishes have been ordained and manifested by God for days of blissful joy of heavenly delight are assuredly in store for you Words holy and spiritually glorious will be unveiled to your eyes You are destined by him in this world and hereafter to partake of their benefits to share in their joys and obtain a portion of their sustain 